the purpose is not to find the blind spots and just point them out and say, ah, oh, you missed that and you did that wrong. But the purpose is to find a better solution for the user. It's like a co-creation exercise if you want. Hi, everyone, and welcome on a new episode of Honest UX Talks. First of all, we want to apologize for being a bit uh, missing in action for the past couple of weeks. It's because we've uh, both had quite uh, some busy uh, times, be it with uh, work, be it with uh, raising the baby I'm raising and so on, uh, still holidays sometimes. And so it's been life just happened and we weren't uh, as uh, dutifully uh, present as we were before, but we will definitely make up for the time lost uh, with some very juicy topics that are coming up in the next episodes. So I'm gonna introduce the topic for today, which is uh, design critique, uh, critique versus feedback. And um, it's a topic that both myself and Anfisa are very fond of. Uh, we have uh, had conversations in the past around it. So it's a subject that feels very juicy for designers out there. And there's a lot of controversy around it. And it's pretty, um, it's, it's pretty split. The industry is split around this topic. So we hope that we can bring some clarity and some of our own insights um, around this conversation. And before we do that, I'm going to ask Anfisa how her past weeks went, what she's been up to and how things are going for her. Hi, Anfisa. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the next episode. Just like Joanna said, we are extremely sorry for not taking our time to record the next episodes. You know, summer life, it's getting like overwhelmingly hard to find time with is the fact that Joanna is raising baby, having jobs and other projects. So it's becoming a bit hard, but we do really hope that you guys can understand and kind of share some empathy for us. We are trying our best to find time and we really, really, really fingers crossed that we can keep it up moving forward. But yes, I think we took a little like unexpected summer break and hopefully moving forward, we'll not have any more breaks. Well, Maybe we'll have, but not soon. <laughs> so um, my months, I think we didn't record the episode for about one month. So if I look back into one month, it was busy. And luckily last week I also had vacation. So that really, really, really helped. Um, I went to Ukraine uh, being fully vaccinated. So that was like exciting, almost like refreshing. because I almost felt like normal life there were no accidents no problems just get back to ukraine i was traveling around the whole ukraine i think we didn't spend one day in the same place at all so it was really fun however now getting back to work it's just a little bit tiny <laughs> heart and i feel like i need one more year of, of, of vacation <laughs> But we'll see how it goes. I do hope that I can find the balance. I'm trying to balance my life much more these days than it used to be like a few years ago where the only thing in my life was work. And now I do feel like this real need to get off like from work, to actually connect with the people, to, I don't know, go outside, travel and stuff like that. <clears throat> I'm not that addicted to working anymore. And maybe that's connected to the fact that I just got turned 30. <laughs> Or maybe that's also the pandemic effect, because obviously we uh, we have spent too much time at home and we now want to or feel this need to reconnect with the world. So whatever it is, um, 
I do hope that we all can find a balance in life. And if you're in the stage of your life when you're like super eager to work all the time, just sort of like enjoy it. For, it's, I think that everybody goes through this, but at some point we all want to get a normal life. And I'm at the stage where I'm kind of striving for normal life, right? Anyways, uh, with this monologue, how have you been, Ioana? <laughs> yeah, well, the time I took to travel was like four days <laughs> at, uh, at the seaside. And it was, it's pretty intense. Traveling with a baby doesn't feel uh, like a holiday at all. But I can't complain because it's also beautiful, albeit very tiring. But I think that balance is the keyword for myself as well these days. So I feel like every day is a balancing act between trying to get some things done on the professional side, but still being super present for my baby and uh, exploring the world together and learning how to be a mother and, and so on. So I think that I'm always trying to find to strike the right balance, but it, it, it still feels impossible. Probably it will come, I hope. But I love the point that you made about um, about stages in our life, because I feel that I'm pretty aligned to the story you just shared. Um, I also had a couple of years where I just work like all the time, uh, midnight, <laughs> waking up in the morning, started working, finishing at midnight, just sleep and just work and no social life sometimes. So I've had that stage in my life and now it feels like it feels just ridiculous when I think about it. And I I, I think that it, it <laughs> yeah. was like the best thing to do in those years because I, I got the chance to grow very fast and learn a lot of things and have various experiences and expose myself to all sorts of experimenting. But now it just feels like I would never be able to do that again. And I don't want to do it. And I just want to find, like you said, the right balance between my personal life and the professional life and doing rewarding work and so on so it's so common <laughs> yeah I yes I think that. and I think that many people can relate to it I think that it's like a normal path that they, people might go through as they as they get super excited about their new career or the career they're in and then the excitement remains but the energy fades and so it, it's just you have to um, you really have to take care of yourself above anything else. Just to answer your question, my days are split between my UX bootcamp and the baby. So this is pretty much what I do every day, uh, mentoring and, and growing the UX bootcamp and then being there to grow Mia as well. And we're going on a holiday to Denmark next week. I hope uh, it won't be as exhausting as I <laughs> think it will be, <laughs> but it's still nice to have a change of scenery and so on. So this was it in a nutshell. I Go. was just thinking like you're growing too many people right now <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it's really nice because somehow this, yeah this came up in therapy as well that I'm also I'm doing motherhood in different places of yeah. my life not just in my relationship with mm -hmm. Mia so it's really it's an interesting insight that you had uh, great intuition <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, getting back to our topic for today feedback versus critique and I would start by um um, exploring, unpacking this distinction that I think that is essential uh, as the foundation to our conversation. But I would also want to add something else to this uh, versus conversation. So it's in a way for me, it feels that the industry is now talking about feedback versus critique versus criticism. And I just want to take criticism out of the way and make sure that we clarify early on that critique is not criticism. Critique is a method of delivering feedback based on critical thinking. 
and it's not criticism. So uh, just that many people, when they hear critique, they associate it with uh, criticizing someone and it feels harsh and definitely criticize criticism is something awful. It's, it doesn't have a place in the industry. It shouldn't have a place, but it's not critique. So with this out of the way <laughs> from my side, um, just um, I would love to hear your thoughts around uh, feedback versus critique and um, what, what's the difference from your experience and from what you've, uh, you understand so far by watching the design industry. And then maybe I share my, my distinction as well. Okay, so honestly speaking, I don't have like a super clear picture in my mind about like here is how you differentiate those two. Uh, on my mind, I like the fact that you have taken out the criticism out of the picture because we, we tend to like, you know, it's the same root kind of word where you might start associating the critique with the negative aspect of it, right? With the fact that you're criticizing someone, though it's not. And um, if, okay, if I'm trying to look or zoom in into specific, specifically those two words, critique and, and the feedback, um, the only distinction that comes to my mind first, first thing is the fact that if you're providing the feedback, it's more of a nurturing like you're giving the user the feedback it doesn't need to be even like the professional feedback it could be just like whatever is my perspective I want to share it with you I want to give it to you and you deal with it you analyze it you process it interpret it etc whereas the critique in my understanding and again it could be really wrong I didn't do like the research about this but in my understanding the critique is when you have the sessions or meetings with more of a professionals who might get some perspective more experience on the topic and who could give you like a more insightful more experience based kind of insights or, or replies. So if the feedback would be more of the user telling you how they understand your interface and, and the experience they're having with your prototype and the critique would be more of a, let's say professional designer shares their intake, their experience, their understanding, or maybe patterns that they've learned through their experience on how it could work. Um, but I'm not saying this is like the professional sort of, uh, or one standard <laughs> distinction. It's, it's my experience, what I used to understand under it. And with that being said, I would still say that feedback is still a part <laughs> of the critique. So if I'm working with the designer or with the design manager or whoever is that, um, and they are given the critique session for my design, they would still usually use a lot of me mechanisms and methods for, for the like providing the, the actionable feedback. So I think that, I don't know if that's unpacking, but as I'm talking about it, and I'm not even sure if that's the correct way to say this, but maybe feedback is the potential aspect of the critique session, but the feedback could be, it's like, you know, egg, eggs and chicken kind of thing. It could be in both ways, right? So I don't know. I'm like I'm like rambling around, but I'm I'm feeling that those are interconnected in a way. Um, and so maybe distinction is not even correct at all. So what, what do you think? I'm sorry. I'm like having a lot of thoughts here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally fine. I mean, this is the idea just to have like to share everything, all the insights that come into our consciousness around the subject. So that's perfectly fine. And I think that, uh, yeah, there's a strong connection. So there's a relationship between feedback and critique. And I, I wouldn't want to have any uh, conversation around feedback and critique without mentioning the book that for me was the Bible for understanding critique. And that book is called Discussing Design. 
uh, Improving Communication and Collaboration Through Critique. And it's written by Adam Connor and Anna Isari, uh, Irizari, Irizari, Irizari. I hope I said his name right. I don't know. I hope I didn't butcher it. So it's, it's published by O'Reilly and we all know that O'Reilly have a bunch of really cool design books and this is one of them. So um, I'm referencing this book because it really helped me understand uh, a more formal perspective on um, academic, uh, as much as possible perspective on feedback versus uh, critique. And from my understanding by uh, reading this book, and it's, it's, I recommend it to any designer out there, it's gonna definitely improve the way you collaborate. Um, feedback, the problem with feedback is that it's often just like you said, it's non-specific. It can be a reaction that a user has. It can be a, 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 let's say, spontaneous response to something. It has no structure to it. It can be completely random. So feedback is super non-specific, and that's the problem with it. And um, what would be better in terms of collaborating would be to have some structure to your conversation. And this is where critique comes in. So critique facilitates actually bringing critical thinking into the conversation. And um, this book also proposes like a model for having conversations around design. So um, nice. yeah, to continue a bit. Yeah, it's really, it's really. Now uh, I know the difference. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that what, how they list it is that uh, critique is like a form of feedback, but indeed critique contains as well elements of feedback. So it's, it's like chicken and egg, just like you said, I love that point. Um, just a, a last quick note, just to understand different types of feedback and uh, critique. I love that they give some examples uh, of three forms of feedback. One of them is reactive feedback which may sound something like, good Lord, that's awful. An inebriated cock spaniel could do better. Cocker spaniel, sorry for butchering the dog's name. This is, this is like a, an emotional reaction, a reactive <laughs> yep. feedback. Mm -hmm. Then there is a directive feedback that we all had to deal with in our career so far, which may sound something along the lines of, you should have made all of those radio buttons a drop down because, and this is still, it's better than the first feedback, but the kind, but it's not uh, ideal. And the third form is actually critique, which may sound something very healthy and um, constructive and helpful. Like if the objective is for users to seriously consider the impact to their bank balance before, then placing the balance at the bottom. So always relating to the objective of the design, always relating the, the, the feedback you're giving to a particular context and frame and not just rambling around about, I don't like that color, I don't like that gradient, I don't like that image and so on. So yeah, critique is the healthiest form of feedback if you want. So in this case, I'm gonna move on to the next uh, point of our conversation, which is uh, tips on providing feedback. So tips on giving feedback and, and under this uh, conversation context, tips for successful critique sessions maybe. So uh, from your experience working in teams and working with other people, probably you've had um, critique or feedback sessions one-on-one, -on -one, but also in teams. What are some tips that you've learned in your career mm -hmm. so far? Oh, this is such a broad topic, right? Like we have so many experience to sit here in this matter. So I'll try to be brief, but I can't promise. <laughs> Just a disclaimer. Um, honestly speaking, when I've started mentoring people, I I didn't have any structure in my mind and I was not aware of how to do it right. So most of the time it was me intuitively figuring it out and trying to see what works best, right? Trying to understand how do I tell the person that 
this sucks without saying that this sucks you know those questions right in your head sometimes you have those so you're, you're like it was like me trial and error in it all and figuring out really how do I say this and and I always luckily I had this experience which I mentioned before in our previous episodes that my mentors were not very successful at this they were really straightforward straight to your head and without somehow filtering what they were saying so I used to either not receive any criticism or receive really negative one and never really receive any positives and so this experience sort of I'm usually the reflective person so by nature reflecting on how I received it I figured out that it's important to do both the positives and the negatives and also like to, to say through the empathic way, right? Like you would want to, like imagine it's you receiving the feedback. How would you want to receive it? How would, would you take it? Not in a way that you will then feel defensive or offended or whatever, whatever, but actually make it actionable, right? So the first thing for me personally, when I started trying this was to say it in a way that would be very human and empathetic. And then as a next step, how do I make it also actionable, which I figured out later, of course. And as I was going through this journey of figuring out the provide the, the, the best feedback providing techniques and, and aspects, um, I then started reading a little bit more sort of articles and different experiences from different designers and this. And then, um, you know, some, sometimes there you would read some books which would give you some insights. So altogether, you would have different puzzles in your head, but it's not like one cohesive huge picture and it's very actionable and structured, like you said, for the critique. Uh, so I'm still figuring it out. However, um, with those like exploring experiences when I was reading different things, I've, I've actually made some notes here <laughs> for this call. So I've put down a couple of important aspects, be it a feedback or be it a critic session. Um, so first, and I would just name those aspects and then maybe try to go quickly over them. Uh, so first thing, which I feel like is very important when you are providing, be it a feedback or be it a critic, whatever is the context, um, is, is, is trying to be observational as you're offered to look through them designs or the product, like whatever um, the product, um, you, you probably want to start by being observational and look into the details and trying to understand what's going on here, right? You don't want to just comment first thing that comes to your mind. You want to really dive deeper in it. Okay, so a few other aspects which I wanted to mention. Uh, the timing is very important as for me. So for example, at which stage is this project at right now? Is it discovery? Is it already um, development? Uh, is it in progress? Like what kind of feedback do you expect at this point? Obviously another very important aspect is the attitude is, with which you are providing the feedback. Um, it's needless to say that there has to be trust between people who are providing, especially the critique part. Uh, but but yes, attitude is very important. Uh, the way you're, you're given this feedback shouldn't be personal. And it should, you know, come from the right place. It's not that you want to offend somebody and really, uh, without any emotions, like put it all out. But you want to be relatable and a nice human. And just if you're sharing even some thoughts that are not necessarily positive, you want to sh show that this is coming from the right place. Um, the form of their critique or feedback is also very important. Um, which I'll probably talk a little bit um, more about in a second. Um, and a few more aspects such as clarity. Um, obviously, you don't want to confuse people <laughs> by saying too many things 
that only confuses people and don't understand they don't understand what to do with this and actionable um you don't want to say just the feedback you also want to maybe suggest something so it's actually be be uh becoming a little bit more um proactive like you you give people not just the critique and the feedback but you also give them suggestions on what do you mean by improving it what do you mean by making it better like maybe just ideas it doesn't need to be like do this but like actionability of it is also quite important so those are a couple of aspects right like um and again this is the top mind things that i i've learned to notice things like um observation uh, the questions, the, the timing, the attitude, the form of it, the clarity, actionability, maybe sometimes the impact, uh, like you mentioned, right? Uh, connecting it to the objectives of the project or the product. So not necessarily uh, being personal and providing feedback like you suck, right? Your project suck. <laughs> but more of a like connecting to the objectives because we are not our work. So let me unpack really quickly. I'll try to just um, go and sort of talk about some of those aspects which I particularly think are important but some of the things um, which I've mentioned were um, the, for example the timing so for me it's very important before the start of any feedback session or critic session is to understand what kind of feedback are you looking from me? Um, is it early iteration? Is it late iteration? Uh, are you polishing your work in progress? Are you, when are you delivering it? All of those aspects would help me to sort of tackle my, my thoughts and like focus on the right part of it. Because if it's grayscale, obviously there is no need for me <laughs> to comment on, on, the, like, uh, on the visual aspect of it or a copy of it, right? Yet, um, maybe you're looking a feed for a feedback on the information architecture and I'm trying to understand if that will be confusing to go this way um, or like, is it gonna be clear for the users where they are in the user journey? Uh, so it's important to understand what's the stage of the project, what's the timing of it. Um, the other one is the form. So the other aspect which I wanted to mention was the form in which you're providing the feedback. Uh, because as you know, like we, especially right now through this 2020 year, we started working more remotely with different cultures. We don't always have the chance to be in the same room, look into the eye and like really communicate with all of the senses, what do we want to say? So the form of it becomes a bit more critical and important. Um, and so you need to understand that different cultures can come up, different contexts can come up, and that would affect the form of in which you are providing the feedback. So for example, you know that um, there are different ways to communicate uh, the feedback. For example, in the Israel and the Netherlands, people usually would prefer the direct feedback uh, and to literally say like, <laughs> straightforward what's wrong whereas in certain cultures in certain other parts of the world those direct world could come up as wrong and like could offend somebody so there are different levels and different forms in which you can provide it you should always consider uh different aspects right what's the best way to communicate your thoughts here for this particular person maybe you can even ask them you know what do you want the direct feedback or indirect feedback do you want me to be <laughs> like do you want me to cover positives and negatives do you want me to cover straightforwardly negatives and stuff like that and uh, and the book since we usually like to mention books here the the book i really loved on this topic is called the cultural map or is it called culture map 
Culture Map, I think, by Erin Mayer. Uh, she actually talks really, really nicely about the differences in providing the feedback and how different forms of communication could really depend on where you are at. And also the, the, like the factors such as leadership and authority that comes in uh, in the feedback providing. So this is a great book, really recommend to check it out. Um, and of course, the other aspects, which I partly mentioned already, but I still want to emphasize on those is that it's very important to depersonalize your feedback. So the comments should always be about the work and never about the, the person. And the example here would be, um, <laughs> let's say, not to say like you did this button wrong or something, but uh, say better something like this button isn't well aligned versus this button, you did this button wrong <laughs> or something like this. So um, again, just change your perspective, change your framing when you're providing the feedback. And yeah, maybe like little last note here um, before we move forward. And I would like to hear your opinion as well um, is about maybe not just always not focus on the negatives because it's very easy to start thinking about the negatives. Like if you put something in front of me and I immediately, usually, you know, our brain prioritizes what's wrong, <laughs> the pains of it. Um, so instead of just seeing the no, the bad things of it, just try to also look at the bright side, right? I think the positives is equally important. And you want to acknowledge that maybe, let's say from the previous iteration, it became much better and you've improved this significant and stuff like this. So try to also focus on the good things. They really help to set up the tone. They help to build better relationships. They become, they make the feedback more effective. Um, and also as a bonus, positive feedback can also help to reduce the imposter syndrome for some people, um, especially beginners, as you know. Um, yeah, that's about my side. What about you? I'm sure you have much more tips to share as well. <laughs> well, I actually, uh, I think you covered a lot of things. I might have very small uh, additions here and there. Um, I just want to maybe sum up with um, some important parts, some, something that I feel was very important from what you just shared. I think that there's like, we can always apply a framework for critique sessions and for every conversation in which we try to give feedback, we can always um, uh, refer this framework for having the conversation and i think that it's also um, the responsibility of the person asking for feedback to provide a context to provide a frame to to tell me uh, what part of the design do i have to focus on what what's the context in which he made that particular design decision so um, the framework that i was just uh, talking about is that basically you start by understanding what's the objective of the design you're looking at what's the goal what needs to happen from the user standpoint and then you look at the elements that are related to that objective in particular, and you try to understand whether the way that the solution is represented is uh, facilitating that goal, is helping that goal, is enabling that goal to happen. And then you ask yourself uh, if there's anything um, if, if, if there's anything that is working or is not working in terms of how the elements of the design relate to the goal of the design. So this is pre pretty much it. So this framework of thinking helps uh, keep the conversation just like you said in a non-personal space. So you don't uh, you don't look at um, the the person and why that person made that decision. You just focus on the particular design that you're looking at and analyzing. And I think that some things you've already mentioned, but some other good practices maybe that I want to make sure I, um, 
I communicate, it's best if you ask as many questions as possible. So as you gather information, you will be more informed in the feedback you'll be able to deliver. So ask questions, don't and don't assume. This is another important point. I think that's what happens when, when we see critique sessions or feedback conversations that go bad, it's mostly because the person that's giving feedback just assumes things and says, ah, so you made that decision because something, and in fact, try understanding why he made that particular decision or what happened in the thought process and in the process of, of crafting that particular solution. So don't assume, ask a lot of questions, uh, try to hold your thoughts as much as possible because another thing that happens is that people are very impulsive and they just jump in and they want to say something and they have this idea and, and they want to share it. And it's best that you write it down and then maybe think about it twice before you communicate it because maybe it's not as valuable or it can even derail the conversation or just just use a filter with everything you say and you and you share with the person in front of you so and and a, a point that i loved from what you shared is that you also need to talk about the strengths so people tend to understand that critique sessions are for like deconstructing and trashing someone's particular design decisions and actually the purpose of critique sessions is to make sure that you're helping that person achieve the best outcome for the user, achieve the best solution for the user. So you're enabling him, you're helping him. The purpose is not to find the blind spots and just point them out and say, ah, oh, you missed that and you did that wrong. But the purpose is to find a better solution for the user. It's like a co-creation exercise if you want. So with that in mind, I think that the way we give feedback is one part of the problem, but there's also the other part of the problem or the other side of the story, receiving feedback. And I think that I'm really curious to hear what are your thoughts around uh, how to be, how to get better at receiving feedback, which is also a thing that we need to be more mindful and responsible for. So what do you want to share about it? Okay, let's flip the table and try to think now as I'm on the opposite side and I'm receiving the feedback, right? So as we've already established in the beginning or like through this conversation is that it's our job as a designers who are asking for the feedback is to set up the right tone and the right context, right? Um, first of all, understand who you're presenting it to, be it an engineer, be it uh, the market marketing, maybe the business team, whoever, stakeholders team or a users, right? So every party who gives you the feedback would have different perspective and you kind of have to come prepared and think about it, right? Where their head, try to be like focused on their needs and, and, and their perspective. So there are different stakeholders or parties who can provide you the feedback. So first you try to understand what do you try to learn from them? Then as you go to your presentation and, and you're trying to present your product or the, the progress, you always have to set up the context and explain, here's what we've done. Here is what's possibly interesting for you in this project. Maybe for engineers, some parts, or like here's what the research we have done and stuff like that. Um, or marketing team, here are some numbers and here's the persona, etc. Um, and then of course, try to explain which stage this project is. Maybe if it's a very early stage process project, uh, not even every part needs to be present to this. Maybe sometimes you need to present to developers, maybe through the middle of the projects when you already have some concepts and you can quickly understand the validity of it. What's the better way for us to progress? Maybe what's the better concept for us to move forward in a given context, in a given constraints that we have. Just to re recap uh, what I was just saying, that it's important to who you're presenting, 
what kind of feedback are you trying to get from them at which stage not every time when you're presenting the feedback um, to a specific party they need to give you the feedback sometimes you might waste their time so think critically who actually is giving you a feedback and is it really relevant at this point um, you can even sync with somebody from the team quickly just like through the slack message or something asking like do you think it's the right time for us to collaborate just to make sure you're not wasting the time of a bigger team and stuff like that and you're not preparing the extra presentation for for nothing um, and then of course as you're you know pr presenting your project uh, presenting your progress say what feedback are you expecting from them at which stage this project is um, and maybe try to lead their attention try to focus their attention rather um, on the parts of the project you really need to get from them so know exactly what you're trying to learn because if you're just saying here's my beautiful product look at this tell me what you think it's not super you know moderated it's not super um, directing I guess and it could lead to to the results where you'll end up confused they will end up confused it might not be productive and stuff like that so even though we always need to strive for the feedback I feel like feedback is also a craft we have to master and it comes with practice and maybe in the beginning as you try to collect the feedback it could feel a little bit a lot unstructured not clear and you might kind of go through a couple of feedback sessions to figure out the best way to do this. It's also fine. But I, I guess the tip here would be to try to get prepared before doing this feedback, especially if you're working in the bigger teams, uh, like with Joanna work right now, right? There, there could be 100 people on a project. So it's important that you don't waste anybody's time and money. Um, if you're working in a smaller team, that's much easier. You can just jump, jump by and like, again, specific, specify what you need from them and then kind of have a quick conversation. However, yeah, it's important to, to know what you're trying to get from them. Because we recently did like two, we were working on a project and we did two stages of, of feedback, one from the design team, another one from the engineering and stakeholders team, three in a box, we call it. And, and those were different also differently tackled kind of sessions because for designers we have prepared some sort of workshop like a 20 minute structure in Figma with the dot voting and the, and the stickies where people could write their notes and for the engineers um, we just presented them and kind of left the open space actually we showed them much smaller amount of <laughs> explorations we, they didn't need to know everything so we showed them specifically the parts where we had doubts and then we asked them to comment both in the call and then shared the, the link with them. So it was not like the moderated workshop or something. We just shared the Figma link with them and asked them to comment on the places where they had doubts. Um, so it's like tackling specifically to the right team, the right things. And as you try to receive the feedback, um, first, again, focus on the fact that it's not personal feedback. It's not that you did something wrong. It's a part of the journey, you're figuring it out. It's better to cut the risks and receive negative feedback as early as possible. So you don't have a lot of troubles in the end when you launch and it's really not working. Uh, so sort of strive for criticism and for feedback, be open to this, embrace the feedback because it's just a good thing that helps to feed your project and sort of lead it in a better direction. Uh, so try to not take it personally, that's important. It's, it's just 
and input the raw data that will help you to direct the project to the better place. Again, that's great. Everything you just said is great. I can only build on top of that. Um, I think that's something that I've noticed in many critique sessions and in conversations that tend to derail is that the person that's receiving feedback is is asking for feedback, but they're not actually, they don't have the intent of listening. So many people just ask for feedback because they should ask for feedback on their design, but it's clear that they don't have the mindset and the openness to actually listen to the feedback that comes in. And then there's a second part to that problem that when the feedback comes in, that person tends to become immediately defensive and not think it through and not really think about what it means. And somehow it, tur it, it turns quickly into an ego conversation um, and, and 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 that's where we're all responsible to to uh, separate the feelings from the conversation because definitely whatever type of feedback even if someone can say have you considered something that's missing and that's super polite that's super effective it's still hurtful that oh my god I didn't consider that why didn't I consider that I should have have and so it's it's really easy to guilt trip yourself or to feel like oh my god I missed something very important I'm not good enough I didn't do a good enough job or something but try to keep that into <laughs> control because otherwise the conversation will not be productive and the purpose is not to convince everyone that you did a great job the purpose is to to improve your solution to deliver the best solution to your users always have that goal in mind when you when you ask for feedback um, it's not about you and your work it's about how you can deliver a better solution to your users and sometimes I think that many people just show their design to other people because they want praise or validation or they're just enough. <laughs> that can quickly turn in a, mm. into a very negative direction because at the first sign of somebody questioning your design or trying to improve it you're gonna feel hurt because you came in with an emotional purpose not with a practical purpose of improving your solution and so these are the two let's say uh pitfalls that i've seen uh affect the way we communicate to one another in feedback critique sessions or any conversation as such and i think that pretty much uh covers a lot of uh things we've we've been on a broad spectrum of uh, tips and tricks for giving receiving critique and what it is and how it's different from feedback on this note i don't think that there's a clear understanding of how feedback and critique are different but i think they're they're very closely related and they're facets of the same of the same process so uh yeah i think we can move in into listing our top three takeaways from this uh conversation so i'll let you go first on pisa okay so um again we have a lot of great points so it's very hard to sort of highlight any specific point but i would rather take this opportunity to maybe specify the most important lessons which i want people to remember and um and and we have a lot of those points so all of those are important but for me personally um i would want to for people to remember three things one is always relate your feedback to objective to the of the project not to the person right so take away the the ego aspect of it it's not about you it's about the project and the better use of it um with that we get to the second takeaway obviously depersonalize the feedback 
you're getting and receiving from your own ego, like from your personal uh, needs. And actually, this is actually tied to the third point, which I really loved. And you just mentioned, and I never thought about it, but it makes total sense, um, is that you should try to come to those sessions with the practical purpose, not emotional purpose. But that's actually truth. Like sometimes we want just somebody to maybe praise us and uh, sort of acknowledge our work, which is not the intention so it's like coming to the session kind of doomed to fail, right? So it's really important to come with the practical purpose in mind and really trying to be open and embrace the different kinds of feedback. Um, and of course, if you're a beginner designer, uh, I feel you, it's important to sometimes receive the positive comments. That's why in the beginning of our conversation, we mentioned that it's important to notice positives as well. But actually, as for designers, the feedback and the negative feedback is always a great, great resource of data that we can use and improve our design so that at the end, we can actually be proud of our project. Um, so yeah, those are actually three super interconnected points, right? Takeaways, but I wanted to kind of waste them up uh, before we finish the conversations. What would be your three most important takeaways or yeah, points that everybody has to take out of this conversation? I'm going to start uh, very um, symmetrically, if you want, and um, and get back to the first point I made in this conversation that critique is not criticism. And uh, this is something very important because I feel that people are uh, kind of dismissing critique for being something uh, negative and harsh. And it's actually something extremely important for the design practice. And I think that uh, using critical thinking in the way you, we communicate to one another brings the necessary um, neutrality, if that's a word. So we're neutral enough and objective as much as possible because we can't be, of course, absolutely objective in any situation in life. But we, are, we, we tend to move the conversation on the um towards the objective and by applying critical thinking so critique is by no means something bad it's something super positive and it's it's a framework and we should use it and this leads me to point number two which um which is which which continues this idea that because it's a framework we can think about uh critique sessions and critique conversations as something very uh mathematical if you want so we start with the problem that's being solved we try to understand that problem space. We try to focus the conversation and the feedback around that problem and how the, the decisions that were made in the design solve that problem. And if we manage to keep the conversation under this, these um, lines, then there's no way in which it can turn out to be unproductive or personal or uh, an ego battle or hurtful and, and anything along those lines. So if you focus all the time on the design objective, then that's a healthy conversation to be having in design and in design teams. And the third point that I want to make is something that I missed and I just want to make sure that I communicate. I think that many things start off, it's still on the subject of the responsibility we have when we ask for feedback. I think that many designers just, just want to check off a list they, that they ask for feedback and they go in and they say, hey, this is my design. What do you think about it? Or even worse, 
what's missing? <laughs> what am I missing? And so if you come in and say, what do you think about something that you invite the people in the room at the table to give you feedback on absolutely everything out of on the, that design. And it's going to derail the conversation will have no structure and probably no clear with without a clear goal to the conversation. There won't be any clear actionable tangible, important points to be uh, taken out. So do your homework before any critique sessions, before asking for feedback, go prepared, think thoroughly about what you want to uh, get feedback on and then frame the conversation in the in a healthy way. And this is, these are my top three takeaways as far as I remember them right now. <laughs> And with this, I just want to congratulate us for being back on track and Yay. having another episode after a long <laughs> break. And uh, I think that it was a nice conversation for me. It really helped put some things into, into place. And um, yeah, I just want to invite everyone to follow us on Instagram. I'm going to do it this time on Facebook. I know that normally you <laughs> no, do yeah, it. No worries. <laughs> this time I'm taking a chance at it. So to everybody who wants to support us, go follow us on Instagram honest UX talks and if you could also leave a review on where should they leave a review <laughs> actually any any app of your choice okay so yeah basically support us in any way you find uh, it's a good idea and um, thank you for listening to this episode we really hope it was valuable and uh, maybe just like uh, this idea came up at some point in a conversation we could actually have a broader conversation in two dedicated episodes one episode to giving feedback and another episode on handling feedback and so these might um, this idea might give us a more another opportunity to dive deeper into some things that we might have missed or uh, sprinted through so yeah thank you anfisa for another conversation Yay, thank you so much for having us, for listening it through. Hope it was valuable or helpful. If yes, please let us know. And if you have specific questions or specific requests you want us to discuss, just feel free to reach us out on social media. All right, see you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.